Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have a fun one today. <laughs> it's not a doozy, Peyton? No, I like <laughs> I like when they're fun ones, and I think this would be classified as a fun one. I could see that. This is it it was a fun one. It was a fun one to research for sure. Yeah, it was a fun one to research. It was a fun one to fall down holes of pictures and audio. <laughs> and yes, all, that. All, all the audio. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure, obviously, if you clicked on to listen to this episode, you already know what it's about. But uh, hopefully you have never heard of it if you're listening. Because I'm going to be honest, I didn't hear about it until recently. So... <laughs> I've never heard of it, so until now. Well, I guess we can dive right into it then. Take it away. Back in 1987, a radio host released a song that started as a prank and eventually caused a Michigan legend to spread like wildfire. However, sightings of this creature date back more than 100 years. Described as an aggressive, dark figure, This creature is a mystery to this date with more famous sightings than other cryptids like Mothman or even the Flatwoods monster that we covered. Today, we are discussing the Michigan Dog Man. (laughs) Doo-doo. I want to like a law and order dungeon. Yes. (laughs) So, I mentioned it already. But in 1987, a radio host named Steve Cook, located in Traverse City, Michigan, released a song he recorded called The Legend as an April Fool's joke. So, also, sorry, I forgot to include this up front. I'm going to teach everyone some Michigan geography today. I've put it in my notes. We're going to go through it. So... Just be prepared that we're going to be covering locations here soon. Uh, But Traverse City is, like, pretty far north. It's not, like, the northernmost tip of the Lower Peninsula. But it is to, like, kind of the west side of the state. It's a huge tourist area. Uh, Like, literally in the summer, don't expect to go anywhere in Traverse City and, like, just walk in for a hotel you need reservations uh or you're not going to find anything (laughs) within a week of steve putting this song on the radio in traverse city it was actually the most requested one at the station he would receive more than a hundred sightings reported to him after the song was released throughout the years A lot of people believe the song is what made the legend of Michigan Dogman so popular, but no one really can say for sure. There are quite a bit of sightings that happened prior to the song being released, and that's kind of what we'll dive back into. So first, many articles kind of mentioned the creature and its legend can date back to the Manistee River and the times when the Ottawa tribes lived in the area. 
Now, nothing's concrete, but I will say a lot of Michigan legends and like cryptids and stuff like that are related to Native American folklore in some aspect. And it kind of has been intertwined with like Michigan folklore. So I wouldn't put that past it to being like dating back hundreds of years. However, the first recorded sighting dates back to Wexford County in 1887. Now, clearly, I'm not going to be talking about <laughs> major cities. They are all a lot of like very rural cities, but I want everyone to kind of get an idea. And in true Michigander fashion, I am going to describe this <laughs> to everyone as if you are looking at the state of Michigan by holding up your left hand. <laughs> I can't deal with you. My left hand's up, though. This is in my notes. Okay, so <laughs> you're holding up your left hand. That looks like the lower peninsula state of Michigan. On your ring finger, in between those top two knuckles, this is about where Wexford County is. It is pretty far north. To get the idea, uh, Detroit is all the way to the right-hand side by your thumb, but, like, slow <laughs> by your wrist. <laughs> so, it's pretty, it's pretty far north, and it's on the western side of the state, closer to Lake Michigan. That's really the only geography I will give <laughs> uh, with your, your mitten hand. <laughs> For you to know, but just deal. know that most of those uh, sightings, most of the sightings we will talk about do kind of happen in that, like, northwestern quadrant there. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get a Sharpie and put a mark on my hand and get that tattooed so I never forget where it's located. You know, it's actually pretty funny. I looked it up on a map and I was, like, looking at my hand versus the map of Michigan. I was like, oh, that's about where it is. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm dead. That's too funny. <laughs> and any meme that you see about, like, Michiganders or, like, I'm in a bunch of, like, Midwest groups and it makes fun of Michiganders, like, using directions on your hand, 100% real. Thought I'd give you all a taste of it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So, back Wexford County, 1887, at this time in Michigan, a lot of logging was being done, especially, you know, further up north. It was being mined for its resources. The northern part of, like, Lower Peninsula and all of the Upper Peninsula, even to this day, provide a bunch of resources like that, but especially timber. So, two lumberjacks supposedly reported seeing a creature that they described with a man's body, but the head of a dog or wolf while out in the woods. Now, also around this time, there are some other reports that started coming in from the Upper Peninsula as well. One was that people had even found two dead horses just kind of laying there, and they died of what they the people claimed as death by fright. And there were dog tracks surrounding their corpses, but there was no physical damage done to these horses. Thought that was a little interesting tidbit. Uh, clearly, medicine has advanced a lot, even, you know, veterinary medicine in over 100 years. So I'm sure death by fright isn't 
a logical answer or reason nowadays, but that's what they died, the horses died of. That reminds me of, like, something that you'd see in, like, a cartoon or something, like, where yes, somebody <laughs> comes up and just scares the crap out of the character, and that's the end. Uh, I do think they have cartoons where that happens. <laughs> I actually really think that, yeah, they definitely do <laughs> So, in 1938, in Paris, Michigan, which, again, is in that same general area, a 17-year-old named Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs one night while fishing on the Muskegon River. Fun fact, Sid, when you came to Michigan last time, we stayed off the Muskegon River. <laughs> wow. Just thought I'd share. <laughs> so, this is something you can relate to. <laughs> Yeah, I can. I know. (laughs) So, Robert claimed that one of the five dogs that attacked him walked on two legs like a human. He basically said he was out fishing. He heard the dogs coming and tried to remain quiet. But they started forming, like, a pack, like, clearly hunting around him. And after they picked up his scent and spotted him... They were kind of surrounding, fanning out around him. Lucky for him, he had his rifle on him. And Robert fired a shot in the air to scare off the dogs, which sent all but one running away. The one that was left, Robert described as a very large black dog and said that both him and the dog kind of stared at each other for a minute. I did say, like, or I did see... And like an article, an interview in the 80s. So, you know, 50 years later, Robert made a comment about how he could still remember the dog's bold blue eyes because he had never seen anything like that in like a wild, feral, (laughs) all black dog before. Robert then fired another shot over the head of the remaining dog, at which time it stood up on its hind legs and glared at him. Robert even claimed it felt like he smiled before the dog walked away. Reports have repeatedly come in over the decades, including ones in (laughs) Allegan County. in the 1950s and both the cities of Manistee and Cross Village in 1967. Just a little more geography. Uh, Allegan County is pretty far south. It's actually kind of closer to Indiana. (laughs) So where your wrist is on the men. (laughs) So it was kind of interesting to like see that that was in here. And I am going to bring up some other sightings that have happened a little all over the place, but most of these, like Cross Village and Manistee, all are in that same area in the upper or in the lower peninsula. In 1961, a night watchman was patrolling a manufacturing plant in Big Rapids and spotted a strange figure. He thought this was a person at first and then slowly started noticing like dog like features he pulled out his gun and had it aimed at the creature while he was watching for a minute or two and he could clearly start to see like gray fur 
covering this entire like thing he was looking at. So he then remembered, luckily, lucky for him, that he had a camera on him. So instead, he took out his camera and took a picture. Uh, seems like an interesting turn of events, in my opinion. I don't know if I'm staring at something that's like dog-like but big enough to be a human. I don't think I would put the gun away and like take out a camera. No, but <laughs> to each their I wouldn't own. Even I guess. remember. I I would not remember that I had a camera. I would be running like hell. I would have peed my pants by now. Well, I would have. Holy shit! Where will died we of go? fright. <laughs> died of fright. <laughs> died of fear. That's. I would have been the cartoon character. Terrified. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think I would ever recover from seeing something like that. Uh, fun fact, these pictures still have never been analyzed, and they remain an unsolved mystery. <laughs> I don't know if the pictures just, like, weren't clear enough or what, <laughs> but also a camera in 1961, I don't think it's going to be all that great. In 1986, near Manistee, a man named Ray Greenway was driving home from the local army recruiting station late at night while driving he noticed something in the field beside him and his headlights reflected off what appeared to be eyes he noticed that they were like much higher than what you would expect for a deer and i think sid we've talked about this before i know all by you guys like that's not a huge concern as like deer by the road but here in Michigan, it's like a lot of drivers are pretty trained that even while you're driving at night, you're scanning the sides of the road. I live in a suburb. Yeah, it's- I live in a su- the suburbs, and I still do it because uh, there are literally a pack of deer that hang out a half a mile from my house. <laughs> yeah, I would say it definitely depends on like where you're at. Like, there's some section, some areas that like you'd want to be kind of leery of it, but I still don't feel like I pay attention. I don't know if people are actually watching for that like you guys are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, pretty much, like, honest, on standby at all times. Uh, I live quite by some main roads here. And driving home from the last time I took my sister to the airport, it was, like, 5 a.m. And on my drive back, I was on a main road where there shouldn't be deer and I had to come up to a complete stop at six o'clock in the morning in the middle of the road because my life flashed before my eyes and I've been the closest I've ever been to hitting a deer. Oh my gosh. And it's like, a, it's a main road. When I told my mom later on, my mom was like, why was there a deer there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's just what He was happens. lost. He didn't know why he was there either. Well, his friend made it across the road, but then he just stopped. Bad influence. Like... To give, just so y'all know, like, I was literally, life flashed before my eyes, thought I was going to total my car, and all I saw was the top of this deer's head when I came to a complete stop. <laughs> so, uh, got home and, like, inspected the front of my car, because I definitely thought there was going to be some, like, fur <laughs> in my, uh, in my car. <laughs> But that's, you're like, gonna, pretty common. You're going to have some <laughs> eyelashes on your yeah. vehicle. <laughs> so, Ray Greenway, he's, like I said, he's driving. 
he notices these headlights reflect off like what appears to be eyes, but they looked a lot higher than what you would expect a deer. And so at this point, he's kind of like slowing down because he expects, you know, a deer to jump out or at least be wary as he's passing whatever this thing is. But all of a sudden, the creature started running towards Ray and his car and then leapt completely across the two-lane road. Ray recalled the yellow eyes it had and how he saw both eyes as if the creature was staring at him the whole time. In 1993 came another sighting by a 13-year-old girl named Courtney. Courtney decided to sneak out behind her family's house one winter to sneak a smoke. (laughs) And while out there, she got pretty scared. (laughs) She noticed a glint of light sweeping out from the planks of an old abandoned barn on her property. It wasn't far from where she was standing. And she kind of followed the movement of the light and slowly realized that something was in there and it was big. She claimed to have seen a roughly six foot tall thing hiding in the barn that had the head of a dog and it was staring right at her. Obviously, Courtney was terrified, took off running back to her house. And later on, her sighting was also confirmed by a neighbor that they also claimed to see a creature out in the barn in which they described as a buffalo-sized dog lurking around, which is pretty fucking massive. (laughs) That's obscene. (laughs) Obscene. (laughs) A buffalo-sized dog. You know, buffalo are very large animals. Where do you get one of those? How much does that cost you? I don't want to see one. (laughs) Who breeds these things? A (laughs) buffalo-sized dog. In 2001, a witness said they were looking out their French doors one evening at the peaceful scene in their backyard when they noticed a creature lurking up the hill behind their home. It was described as looking almost as big as a bear, black in color, and had the head of a wolf. This took place in Cass County, and I found it was, like, super interesting to include because this is, like, literally right on the other side of the Indiana border. So it's, like, super south, not at all in the same area. So it's interesting because some of these sightings or claims of like Michigan Dogman kind of come from all over. (laughs) Residents in the area even still claim that they often hear shrieks at night in the swampy area that their neighborhood is near, which sounds very much like an infant hysterically crying, they said, which is very eerie. Not sure if it's related to Michigan Dogman, Seems to be a bit of the description is on par, but who knows? Sydney's favorite uh, sighting that I included in here is in 2006 (laughs) in Troy, Michigan, which again, pretty south, closer to Metro Detroit and on the east side. It is kind of rare since most of the sightings are at least on the west side but whatever I included it for this simple fact 
A man called OnStar due to an accident he incurred where he and one other passenger were in the car that ended up on its side in a ditch due to swerving to avoid a large dog-like creature that appeared suddenly in the middle of the road. If you guys are all curious, this OnStar recording is also on YouTube. <laughs> Cindy, what do you think of it? <laughs> I literally, Peyton sent it to me yesterday and I'm like, this will be good. I'm excited for this. And I, I think I even texted you back and was like, all right, I'm going to, I'll listen to it in a little bit. Cause like, I'm <laughs> like, I got to be focused for this. I listened to it and it's like, Hey, thanks for calling 911. This is Kyle. How can I help you? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It wasn't 911. It was OnStar. <laughs> it was, he said, what's your emergency or something though? It sound, It was like a 911 call. It sounded like this Kyle guy is way too happy for what is going on. And <laughs> the guy that's talking back to him also sounded like he was in the drive-thru ordering a Big Mac. Like they were just chilling. Yeah, he was pretty calm. There wasn't, like, really calm. any, like, heavy breathing. Like, I don't know. He claimed his car was on the its side. Yeah, and then there was, like, there was, the only thing that I thought was, like, that made it seem legit was there was, like, weird pauses where he would, like, stop talking. Like, maybe he was trying to do something. I don't know. I was, it just yeah. all seemed very scripted. Well, and then it cuts out at the end as they're screaming, and it sounds like snarling or something, or growling or something. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be real. And then Kyle's like, hello? Hello? I think Kyle really was the one that pissed me off the whole time. <laughs> he was too happy for Kyle at OnStar, Sydney has it for you. <laughs> we need to have a couple words, Kyle, at OnStar. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know what his intro was, but it was like, what's your emergency? This is Kyle. Like, yeah, or the way like he that. said it, like, thanks for calling. This is Kyle. How can I help you? I'm like, fucking Kyle, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, so earlier I told you I was going to save this for uh, on the recording so you could get a good laugh out of this forever with everyone. Yes. Uh, earlier, my boyfriend's like, oh, what's your case on this week? And I said, oh, it's, you know, a Michigan cryptid. And he was like, oh, is that why you were listening to that weird-ass call yesterday? <laughs> and I'm listening to it, and he's like, who are you calling? Because it starts off, like, ringing. <laughs> I'm calling Kyle, okay? He's like, what is going on? What are you listening to? <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, at least he thought it was a weird call, too, and he was only half paying attention. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Well, there have been several sightings since, as well as a few mixed in there in those time frames. But there aren't, like, a ton of details. So I only kind of picked, like, a handful that I thought were funny or, like, fitting. <laughs> uh, the most interesting one I did find, I just wanted to include this because I did find this picture that's going to go with this and so we will definitely be posting it uh i'm going to send it over to you as well Sid. but the 
This story is in Bendon, Michigan in 2007. A law enforcement officer was out hanging out with friends or at a friend's house. And he was driving home one night taking kind of the back roads. And his headlights bounced off something that also appeared to be like eyes. So again, this man kind of slowed down thinking it was a deer by the side of the road. And as he was kind of going less than 30 miles an hour, he was a few dozen yards away, he could start to make off the features typically described as Michigan dog man standing on just two legs. At this point, he is like, what the hell? And contemplating coming to a complete stop before the thing got on all fours, took off running across the road and into the woods on the other side. So the man was not willing to investigate much of this. Fair. Uh, He does more than what I would have done because my ass would have sped the fuck up and gotten the fuck out of there. But (laughs) he gets out, sees massive dog prints on the shoulder of the road, and took pictures with his digital camera and, like, holding a flashlight to it. And he even includes one with a shotgun shell in the paw for comparison of size. So, Sid, I sent you that picture. Did you get it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Thank you for explaining that was a shotgun shell. Because I was like, is that an e-cig? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like, a shotgun shell is like, a, I mean, it's a decent size. It is, it is. That makes more sense, though, because I couldn't figure out what this was. But <laughs> and uh, you can definitely picture, tell it's, a, it's like a digital camera in 2007. But <laughs> you can definitely tell it's a print, though. But I couldn't figure out what the red thing was in the middle. Now I know what it is. Yeah, and it the print looks fucking huge. Yeah, it's massive for sure. And it's very clearly like a dog print. Oh yeah, I would absolutely. say, or some sort of like animal creature. Yeah. Now, this is like the one place, of course, I didn't look up to see on a map where it was located, or if I did, I don't remember. Oh, Benden is super far north as well. Uh, northwest, and so, I mean, like, out there, they have coyotes, maybe wolves, but I really think, like, the population of wolves just started coming back up in the last five, ten years in Michigan, at least in the lower peninsula, so I don't, I can't, like, imagine what else it would be, because a wolf maybe could have a massive-ass footprint like that, I don't know, I've never seen one in person, but yeah, I I thought that I included that picture because that thing was like that paw print was huge. I feel like that would even it looks like it might even be like bigger than a wolf because like wolves aren't. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like I guess I don't honestly know. I've never seen a wolf like up close, but like in pr- comparison to like a dog, like maybe a little bit larger. Yeah. Like a big dog, I like I'm not, I'm not saying agree. like a little chihuahua, like a German Shepherd or something, like maybe a little bit larger than that in like stature size. So they but, do say adult wolves have large feet uh, compared to other many canines. A fully grown wolf would have a paw print about five inches long and approximately four inches wide. This paw print was roughly eight inches long. 
Okay, yeah. So definitely, so it's, it's definitely still larger. bigger than a full size wolf. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I was really glad I found that picture because I was like, ooh. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a good one. So, what is the Michigan Dog Man? <laughs> You've obviously heard all these sightings, but I just wanted to kind of run through. Uh, it is described to be a little more like a lanky Sasquatch. Uh, I found that description in an article and I thought that was pretty on point. (laughs) It's not just like a humanoid or werewolf figure. It's more of like a weird crossover of a human dog. (laughs) And it's roughly six to seven feet tall. Tends to have very broad shoulders. That's why a lot of descriptions are like big, like a buffalo or a bear or something like that. And the head is very clearly that of a wolf or a dog. It's fast. It can jump large distances. And it is described as having a bit of an aggressive behavior sometimes by those who encounter it. It has a fearsome howl. And some legends of the Michigan Dogman claim it appears every 10 years with years ending with seven as the primary culprit. But I'm going to tell you that part was pretty laughable to me and sounded a bit like Jeepers Creepers in my opinion. So I did think it's kind of interesting though. A lot of cryptozoologists claim it may be a similar creature to the beasts of Bray Road. So yes. it does seem it does seem like a far distance to travel, but as I mentioned, a lot of those sightings have been on the western side of the state, which is really just like across the lake. Obviously nothing's making like a leap or that far of a swim, but it's their sightings up in the UP and those places tend to be a lot closer to Wisconsin border than maybe like even the city of Detroit. (laughs) So I'm not necessarily theorizing it might be the same creature that's being seen in Wisconsin, but maybe a relative of sorts. (laughs) Yes. I had actually read something that had said that it might be like the same species or a similar species that's just given like, different obviously we give things different names in different areas um and it could be you know that the beast of bray road is like one from the pack that got lost and there's like five six seven of them in michigan and maybe there's some elsewhere as well that we don't know about well so i mean and i've seen bray road now (laughs) um so i do think like kind of something really similar is a lot of the sightings of the Michigan dog man had been, you know, while someone's driving by at night or someone, it usually is like the sightings happen at night or it happens in someone's yard or something like that. And I think the rural areas all kind of play a part into it. You know, like where the Bray road area is, it's all like, there aren't streetlights it's still pretty, it can be pretty wooded, and there are a lot of fields and stuff like that. I mean, a thing to remember in these areas of Michigan, like, 
I tend to forget because I <laughs> grew up in like suburbs and close to the city and things like that. But these areas are very like heavily populated or heavily wooded and forested and they're less populated. Like there are a lot of state and national parks either in the cities or near the cities that these major sightings have happened. And that kind of gives the cover needed for a creature like this to keep thriving. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So I, I definitely thought it was interesting because throughout history and throughout all these like cryptid and legends and folklores, you can find variations of Beast of Bray Road and Michigan Dogman kind of all throughout the U.S. and Canada. I saw references to one in Maine, <laughs> uh, one in like a little farther out west, like Montana, Wyoming area. And I also think that's important because these are also like heavily populated or at one point in time were heavily populated Native American grounds. <laughs> this is true. It always goes back to the Native Americans, I feel like, too. I agree because a lot of those like dog men and like the creatures like that date back to their legends. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Any thoughts to add? Any other fun facts you want to add? It's a wild, wild world. Um, I do have a couple of things that uh, stood out to me that you didn't mention. So I'm going to throw them, I guess, in there a little bit. So one of the things was it, a lot of those, and I think you you kind of touched on this a little bit, but like a lot of those early sightings, like in the late 1800s that were coming, were mainly reported from like the logging camps in Michigan. And yep. I thought it was an interesting <laughs> fact that Michigan was the the leading uh, white pine lumber producer in the nation in the 1870s. It's a random thing that stuck out to me. <laughs> um, I also saw something funny that like lumberjacks and like loggers at that time were known for like I mean it was like all male camps they were heavy drinkers and that kind of stuff so basically like seeing random shit in the woods wouldn't be abnormal <laughs> that's what yes this and that's I guess part of the reason why I kind of wanted to touch on it because this made me think then maybe the dog man is like Paul Bunyan and it's just like this huge massive <laughs> creature and then I was like, no. But then, like, to think, like, to go back in time to be at a logging camp like that, imagine, like, what kind of crazy stories they were coming up with. Like, with uh, this, like what it is. <laughs> Especially, like, drinking and stuff. Like, they probably had the best stories for it. Well, and you're out in the dark somewhere. There's, like, all these, like, hidden areas in the forest and woods. All the sounds. I'm sure they were, like, seeing and hearing a bunch of weird shit oh for sure some of it might have been real and some of it might not have been <laughs> too many drinks seeing all the things agree uh, there was another so i know you had mentioned and you kind of explained like the different stories that you had mentioned um i did see that there was a lot of or several reports of people being chased after dogs um, like several dogs, but only one of those dogs would be reported to be standing on its hind legs, which I thought was like bizarre because you're saying that you're being chased by like 
four or five dogs and then just one of these dogs is standing on its hind legs and that's supposed to be like the Michigan dog man but then what about the other dogs like who are or they or is it like Mowgli from Jungle Book who's like accepted with the dogs or wolves maybe, maybe. maybe that's what it is that would make sense I didn't look at it like that I just I like I thought it <laughs> that's was what my grandpa said I asked him if he ever heard of this legend and he was like Oh, you mean like the legends where like a boy is raised by wolves? Because there were lots of those legends growing up. And I was like, no. I mean, yeah, like that would make sense. Because I guess in my head, I'm picturing like, are these just like the neighborhood dogs that are coming out to play and are like, yeah, I'll go run around with you? Or like, what <laughs> is this? Like, well, I guess one like, on their hind legs. That was like the early like 1900s, right? Yes. So okay. yes, that I think that was one of them, and then there was a couple after, but they're all during the 1900s because I have that in parentheses here. Because even like stories that my grandpa has told me is like in the 40s and 50s, he remembers like feral dogs in the neighborhood. Like he was almost attacked by a stray dog, like that just roamed. Really? Yeah. So like now you don't see that, but like that used to be very common, I guess. It's interesting. So maybe it was just a stray dog. Yeah, so and maybe, like, I don't know where the dog man or like what happened, but I guess that's probably the same concept nowadays as like stray cats. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. And I mean there <laughs> there's definitely like stray stray dogs in the world. Just I guess I that wouldn't be common here, I don't think. Right. <laughs> Usually they're lost. They belong to someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, though. I just thought it was, like, wild. But now that you put this into perspective, I feel like it does make sense. Yeah, he, like, he's told me stories about, like, walking home from school and there was, like, this mean stray dog that almost attacked him one time. And, like, their dogs were just kind of free-range dogs. And he had this dog that would always walk with him home. Like, it, like, hung out at the schoolyard, I guess, while he was at school or something. And he said the only reason that the feral dog in the neighborhood didn't attack him is his dog got in between them and started fighting with that dog so he could run home. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, that's really weird. And he he lived in, like, what is now a very, like, populated subdivision. It was even the kind of suburbs then. (laughs) That's crazy. Right? (laughs) So I guess, like, I could see a bunch of, like, packs of feral dogs roaming, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or even if it was, that would make sense. Or even if it was, like, wolves or another creature, too. Yeah. That would, I guess, that would make sense. We have lots of coyotes, too, so. Yeah, just joined another group of people. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, I also have one other fun fact, which is kind of fun and doesn't really relate to Michigan Dogman at all. But uh, Steve Cook re-released his song <laughs> called The Legend a couple of times over the years, making new verses based off new sightings or new incidents that he would hear. And he always just kind of got a kick out of it. So then he'd re-release it. But the first time that song got po- so popular, he actually released it on a tape. Sold it for $4 a piece and donated all the proceeds to a local animal shelter. I thought that was something cute and funny. 
<laughs> what a guy, Steve. What a guy. And if anyone was wondering, Steve does not believe in Michigan Dogman. He said he made up the legend song as a hoax, which really gave me, like, War of the Worlds vibe. <laughs> Because you know that's how it started, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so that's really what it gave me. It was like War of the Worlds vibe. Like, this guy was just trying to be funny in the 80s and, like, released this song. And then he got this crazy influx of sightings. And he said, like, it's just kind of grown over the years. And so he thinks that it's all fake. Or it could be, like, other people heard the song and they were like, holy shit, that happened to me, too. That's true, because that is really true, because a lot of people are, like, embarrassed or, like, unsure. Like, they don't want to talk about an experience like that because you don't know what people are going to say or, like, what the instance is going to be. So then when you hear something like that on the radio, you're going to be like, yeah, you know, that did happen to me or something similar. Like, it makes sense that there was more reports, but. Well, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but, like. My grandpa and I have talked a lot about, like, stories and stuff that he has from, like, hunting up in northern Michigan and, like, up in the Upper Peninsula. And it's really, like, a lot of those areas are so untouched where, like, you know, you and I, we live in suburbs. So we forget that. (laughs) But they are so, like, untouched by, like, the rest of society. And so he has experienced a lot of weird things up there. And he thinks a large part of it has to do with, you know, less population and it's they're heavily wooded or swampy areas and, you know, lack of like light pollution causes weird stuff to be seen in the skies and like things like that. But like I know for a fact he (laughs) he has had a couple instances where like he doesn't really like to talk about it. And that's what he said is, like, one of them, they basically thought they saw something in the sky one night. And I won't tell his alien sighting story, but it's my favorite one. And uh, him and his friends thought they saw it. And they were checking out of the, like, cabins that they were staying at the next day. And he had asked the guy, like, who runs the place and his wife was there, like, hey, did you guys see that last night? And... He said that he'll never forget, like, the look that the two exchanged to each other before they responded. Like, they were contemplating whether they should acknowledge what he said or not. And the woman finally responded was basically like, yeah, we see stuff like that all the time. We don't talk about it up here. People think you're crazy. (laughs) And he was like, okay, not going to talk about it. Interesting. Yeah, so I really do think that's true. Like, maybe that's part of the song was, like, people were like, other people have seen this. I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think that would definitely definitely be a big thing, and it would make sense because people care what other people think. They're not going to talk about that if somebody's going to think they're crazy or look negatively on them. Agreed. Meanwhile, I'd be one of the crazy people that would be t- telling every person I could meet that I've, like, been abducted by aliens, but. Probably same. <laughs> Were there any other fun facts before I interrupted? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I don't really have anything. I think you covered um pretty much all the things. 
So what do you think, Sid? Do you think Michigan Dogman's real or? Yes. Do you? <laughs> I believe in all the creatures. And I, I think you explaining, you know, up further, like the uncharted territories and like those wooded areas. I think to me, like we, we've definitely talked about this before, but like that makes things like this seem more real and like that they yeah. could be out there. And people don't talk about it because they feel some type of way about it. But then when these, I don't know, I feel like there's always more sightings than we actually know about because there's people that are quiet or people that know something or don't know if they saw what they saw. But I, I always believe in these things. I think it's, there's definitely more things out there that we don't know about. And a hundred percent that people are very hush hush about whether that's, the government or your neighbor. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I don't I don't think it's far-fetched to think that there is some sort of like I don't know if I would say it's like a species or breed or some mm-hmm. type of like you know, where it is like some sort of I don't want to call it a monster because that's so mean. I don't know him. I don't know if he's mean or her. He has feelings. <laughs> uh, but, like, the Beast of Bray Road, the Michigan Dogman, like, if there's some sort of thing going on <laughs> and they're somehow related, like, I don't know. But I think I I agree with what you said. We don't really know. And as much as I want to be like, oh, that's crazy, I do think something like that isn't far off like being a possibility yes. yeah <laughs> no I agree I agree it's a crazy world we live in it is there's, a crazy world there's a lot of things out there I think we don't know about but crazy world lots of smells whatever <laughs> it's an office reference don't worry Sydney doesn't get it all <laughs> <laughs> but if you got it I hope you appreciated it <laughs> all right (laughs) over my head I know (laughs) I knew as soon as I was going to say it that you weren't gonna get it but it is what it is (laughs) that was like my show I would turn on when I just wanted to take a nap (laughs) then I would wake up I can fall asleep to it now but I've watched it like 10 times at a probably 20 but I would like I mean there's there's some stuff in there that's funny but like also I'm not someone that can like quote things like my boyfriend will like quote shows or like quote movies and I just stare at him like why are you like this but I can't really do that there's very few things I can I can quote like mean girls like something (laughs) something that everyone can quote like I quote a lot of things. I'm also, I'm that annoying person that we start watching a show or a movie and I'll be like, oh, what are they in? Oh, they're in this movie. Oh, that's that person from this thing. I do. I do that a lot. I, I definitely do that a lot. I, I'm on IMDb so much. I downloaded the app. <laughs> you, We've talked about this. We've definitely yeah. talked about this. I like what's telling you. I just started Yellowstone this week and we're literally... 60 seconds, 90 seconds into the episode, and I'm like, oh, that's the guy from American Horror Story. Jacob just looks at me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, and I described who he is, and he's like, okay. (laughs) He's also in this, 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 this. He's like, I don't care. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're educated now, sir. (laughs) Now you know, in case you didn't. (laughs) All right, you got some jokes and facts for me. 
Of course I do. Sweet. Uh, I like ending on the joke, so hit me with the fact first. Maybe next week I'll switch it up. <laughs> All right. So Sunny Falcon made the first recorded fajita sale from his concession stand in 1969 in Kyle, Texas. So fajitas haven't been a- around for that long, according to this fun fact. Interesting. That's very interesting. I'm also confused how he would make a sell it from like a concession taco stand because it's usually like, I guess it's it's probably evolved what it is now. But yeah, so and that was because this is like concession booth. It's had like concession booth, concession stand. So thinking almost like, I guess the vibe I was getting was like a food truck. From, yeah, like. Kind of same. But the, what they were calling it, I figured I should just call it because then I was like, maybe it's not. I don't really know. If he's <laughs> just like, what he's doing. It was one of the OG food trucks. <laughs> yes. For real. All right. Let's hear this joke. How do quesadillas solve crimes? How? They take them case by case. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a roll with like all the cheese jokes. <laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying. <laughs> all right. Well, folks, you can find us on Facebook. <laughs> At Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, at just Tacos and Tequila. We have a website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com, which also gives you access to any episode, all of our sources, and some cute pictures and fun facts about us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you should leave a rating or review. It only takes a second, and it helps us get Literally. noticed, and it makes us feel really good about ourselves. All of those things. <laughs> Let us know why you are listening. Yes. And as always, if you have any suggestions on cases, please shoot us messages. Um, we can get Facebook messages, Instagram, or you can shoot us an email, and our contact information is also on our website. Yes. Well, I guess we will be talking to you next week then. Bye. Bye. Mwahahaha. <laughs>